is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome to Wealth Wake Up this Sunday morning. Dick Donahue with you here on KGMI. Well, you know, big question mark out there is what should the Fed do? How about nothing? Well, you know, for the first time in 15 years, interest rates in the United States are about right. In economics, we call it the neutral or natural rate. The Taylor Rule says that rates should be higher. And our models that uses nominal GDP growth, which is real GDP plus inflation, say the same thing. But both these models rely on data that is still distorted by COVID. A simpler approach to assume interest rates should be inflation plus. If we judge current inflation using an average of the Cleveland median CPI, which is up 5.3% from a year ago, and overall CPI, which is up 3.2% from a year ago, we get 4.2% plus 1% says rates should be roughly 5.2%, and that's almost exactly where the federal funds rate is today. That is a big change. Between 2008 and today, the Federal Reserve held the funds rate below inflation roughly 83% of the time. These excessively low rates have created problems. Banks have hundreds of billions of dollars of mark-to-market losses, have a government funding Green New Deal projects are facing serious problems because they're not profitable at current neutral interest rates. In other words, holding rates down artificially like the Fed did for years may make things look okay, but it can't last forever. At the same time, the Fed grew the M2 measures of money so rapidly in 20 and 21 that inflation was easy to see it coming. But now, the M2 measure of money is contracting. So with money contracting and interest rates near normal, it seems appropriate to pause, especially given the fact that tighter money seems to be helping inflation come back down from its post-COVID spike. But it's certainly not time to claim victory and return to an environment of artificially low rates. That would risk repeating the 1970s when Arthur Burns cuts rates before eradicating inflation. If, as we suspect, the U.S. economy enters a recession in 2024, the political pressure on the Fed to cut rates and restart QE will be intense. But it would be a big mistake unless inflation continues to fall and thereby reduces the neutral interest rate. All it would do is continue to make the mistakes of the past 15 years. One interesting thing that we've observed is how much bank regulators, Fed members, and Treasury officials have shifted their thinking. Back in 2008, Hank Paulson, Ben Bernanke, and Sheila Baer religiously adhered to -to mark-to-market accounting. We still blame this accounting convention for the financial panic that ensued. But that panic was used to justify growing the Fed's balance sheet by trillions of dollars with QE and supporting TARP, which grew the size of the federal government. These policies were supposed to make the U.S. financial system safer, but they didn't. Because the Fed became so powerful and flooded the banking system with deposits at artificially low rates, bank balance sheets now have an estimated $675 billion in losses on them. Interestingly and thankfully, banks don't have to mark out those assets to market anymore. It would wipe out almost a third of bank capital. But what happened to all those mark-to-market believers? Did they only believe in mark-to-market accounting when they could blame it on the banks? Now that it's clear that the Fed's policy caused the losses, are they trying to avoid the blame? The bottom line is that those who think the Fed can just manage its way out of this easily, cutting rates to offset pain of recession or to avoid one entirely, may not be correct. Many seem to have submitted to state-run capitalism, but history shows it has never really worked. And the Fed's do nothing this week and holding the position to 24 might not have been a bad thing. 
Let's look at our global wrap-up for the week. We had global equities were sharply higher on the week with several indices, including the Dow Jones Industrial Average, closing in record territory in recent days. The yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury note plunged 4.22% last Friday to as low as 389 after the U.S. Federal Reserve signaled it has begun to contemplate rate cuts in 24. Price of a barrel of West Texas intermediate crude oil rose a dollar to $71.70, while volatility is measured by the CBOE Volatility Index, or VIX, inched down to 12.2 from 12.8. So some of our global macro news were finding the surprisingly devilish Fed's Spurs asset rally. Fed Chair Jerome Powell's remarks following Wednesday's conclusion of the meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee, coming just two weeks after he sought to dampen expectations of a dovish pivot, opened the monetary floodgates. Markets priced in as many as seven rate cuts by the end of January of 25, up from five ahead of the meeting, with traders betting that the first move would come in March. The combination of favorable consumer price index and producer price index data this week helped set the stage for the FOMC meeting to begin discussing the timing of rate cuts at the meeting, which surprised the market. Powell said the committee was mindful of the risks of holding rates too high for too long. To avoid inflation overshoot in the downside, Powell said the Fed would cut rates well before it reached its 2% target. The Federal Open Market Committee members penciled in three rate cuts in 24, up from two in their September forecasts. Stocks, bonds, and commodities all rallied on the unexpectedly dovish commentary. And the New York Fed's Williams pushes back against the pivot. So on Friday morning, Federal Reserve Bank of New York President John Williams, one of the most influential FOMC members, sought to tamp down market enthusiasm over the prospect of rate cuts. He said, we really aren't talking about rate cuts right now, he told CNBC, adding that we need to be ready to tighten further policies. Williams said it's premature to be thinking about rate cuts as early as March, and the question now is whether the policy is sufficiently restrictive. Markets are reacting more strongly than they should based on the data, he said. Ten-year yields rose modestly after the comments but remain below 4%. And the European Central Bank and the Bank of England are much less dovish than the Fed. So the European Central Bank and the Bank of England met on Thursday, the day after the Fed. They're much more cautious in their commentary after each held their rates steady. The ECB announced that it will reduce its reinvestment of maturing principal payments within its pandemic emergency purchase program in the second half of 2024, which will have the effect of tightening monetary policy. In contrast to the Fed, ECB President Christine Lagarde said that the Monetary Policy Committee did not discuss a rate cut. Earlier Thursday, the Bank of England forcefully pushed back against the notion of any early dovish pivot as three of the nine members of the MPC voted to hike rates. Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey said that while he is encouraged by the improved outlook on inflation, he is concerned about its persistence. After the central bank meetings, the euro and the pound both rallied strongly versus the dollar in anticipation of narrow interest rate differentials. And Japan's prime minister is reshuffling his cabinet amid scandal. Japanese Prime Minister Kishida replaced four cabinet ministers on Thursday amid a deepening scandal involving lawmakers concealing income raised at fundraising events. Prosecutors are expected to raid the homes and offices of some liberal Democratic members caught up in probe. Local media reported this week, Kishida's popularity continues to decline polling shows and his support slumping to just 17.1%. That's even worse than Joe Biden. That's not real good, according to a survey published Thursday. And we're seeing mixed data from China. China's economy put in a mixed performance in November, with industrial production rising 6.6% year-over-year, beating estimates. Retail sales, however, rose 10.1% over the same period, falling substantially short of expectations. Residential property sales fell 4.3% compared with a year ago, while new home prices slumped for their sixth straight month, falling 0.37% in November. And looking at the quick hits here, Argentine President Javier Millet is sworn in this week and immediately signed an executive order reducing the number of government departments from 21 to 9 to reduce bureaucracy and overhead. 
His government also quickly devalued the peso by 54%, taking it closer to the underground market rate, and cut transfers to provinces, suspended public works, and lowered subsidies. The spending cuts announced this week amounted to about 2.9% of GDP. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up on KGMI. We'll be right back. A crisp company logoed shirt or uniform from Bergen. Whatcom County's local logo apparel experts makes your employees look and feel more professional. Bergen pairs their commitment to personal service with professional results, specializing in embroidery and all kinds of logoed promotional products. Unlike when you place an order online, Bergen's guarantees that your order will be completed on time to your specifications with a smile. Get your logo on the best brand names out there from North Face, Carhartt, Columbia, Russell Outdoor, Adidas and Izod, Van Heusen, Tommy Hilfinger, and more. Your employees will want to rep your brand in Bergen's logoed work apparel. And why not start a new company tradition with Employee Milestones Appreciation Customized Gear? Elevate your brand with Bergen Customized Company Apparel. From polos to sweatshirts, ball caps to bags and more. Bergen does it all. Give them a call to get a quote within 24 hours. Or stop by the showroom Monday through Thursday on Iron Gate in Bellingham. And online at bergenembroidery.com. Twas weeks into the season, the weather quite cold. Mama and I noticed our furnace was old. It clanked and it clattered and it wasn't quite heating. We knew through the years that it took quite a beating. Tis the season for Feller Heating. Give them a call today. As an American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, they provide maximum savings. Call Feller today and take control. Feller Heating, designing peace of mind. Online at fellerheating.com. You need a job? Go to HireMeWad.com. HireMeWad.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. Just go to HireMeWad.com for the latest job openings and offers. You can apply right there. HireMeWad.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back often. New jobs are posted frequently. Don't see what you want? Post your resume and let prospective employers find you. HireMeWad.com, the go-to job board for Northwest Washington. HireMeWA.com, your new job awaits. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Welcome back to Wolf Wake Up. Dick Donahue with you this Sunday morning. Hope you're having a great time preparing for a great Christmas with your families and everybody out there. I don't know, you know, I sit here every time I do these shows and I sit and think, how else can I say that I'm located at 5060 Pacific Highway, Suite 101, Ferndale, Washington, 98248. We're out in the Pacific Commerce Center, out here next to Wilson's Furniture. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway, Suite 101, Ferndale, 98248. Our phone number, 360-733-1200. And check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. Okay, continuing on with our global wrap-up, we're seeing that more than 190 governments at the United States Climate Change Conference in Dubai agreed to transition away from fossil fuels. However, the language of the deal contains more caveats than earlier drafts, which called for a phase-out. And the European negotiators last Friday clinched a deal on the world's first comprehensive set of artificial intelligence rules, paving the way for legal oversight of AI technology. The U.S. November CPI, which I'll cover a little bit more here in a minute, rose a tenth of 1%, while if you take out exclude food and energy measures, rose three-tenths of 1% year over year. Prices rose 3.1%, while core prices held steady at 4%. And the U.S. November industrial production rose two-tenths of one percent, which is slightly below forecasts. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen this week said that the United States is on the path of a soft landing and rising real rates may impact Fed decisions on the real rate path. Inflation is certainly meaningfully coming down, and I see no reason on this path for what's certainly on, why inflation shouldn't gradually decline to levels that are consistent with the Fed's mandate and targets, according to Janet Yellen. The British economy contracted three-tenths of one percent in October, was flat from its prior quarter's level. Industrial production declined to eight-tenths of one percent. 
An analyst said that China's Central Economic Work Conference stopped well short of signaling it will undertake stimulus boost consumption, while policymakers recognize that China's economic recovery is at an artist's critical stage. The CEWC statement did not imply that it will be aggressive fiscal stimulus or monetary easing, nor was any plan to stabilize China's property market announced. And Norway's Norges Bank delivered a hockey surprise on Thursday, raising rates a quarter percent to four and a half percent. The U.S. House of Representatives voted this week along party lines to authorize an impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden, formalizing an informal inquiry that has been underway for a number of months. Okay, looking at some of those economic reports that came out this week, we had the November Consumer Price Index report come out. And basically, there seems to be a widespread belief that inflation is in the rearview mirror. And the Consumer Price Index suggests at this point, this is wishful thinking. The consumer prices rose a tenth of 1% in November, while the 12-month comparison ticked down to 3.1%. This is leaps and bounds better than the 7.1% rating in the year ending in November of 22, but still not close to the Fed's 2% long-term target. Overall prices were once again held down by volatile energy prices, which fell 2.3% in November due to lower prices for gasoline, down 6%. Stripping out energy and its often volatile counterpart, food prices were up two-tenths of 1% in November. Core prices rose three-tenths, while the 12-month comparison remained a worrisome 4%. This is not a huge improvement versus the 6% reading in November of 22. Taking a deep look under the inflation hood reviews more concern. Rental inflation, both for actual tenants and imputed rental value of owner-occupied homes, continues to run hot, up a half percent in the month and close to or above 6% annualized rate over three, six, and 12-month time frames. Meanwhile, a subset category of prices that the Fed is watching closely known as Supercore, which excludes food and energy and other goods and housing costs, or housing rents, jumped four-tenths of 1% in November. This measure is up 3.9% in the last 12 months, but has been accelerating of late, up at a 5.2% annualized rate in the last three months. Although inflation is generally trending lower, it's still not where the Fed wants it to be. With interest rates now above inflation across the yield curve, the M2 measure of money supply down 4.5 from this peak in July of 22, money is tight enough to bring inflation down. But more important, we continue to believe that a monetary policy tight enough to bring inflation down is also tight enough to induce an eventual recession. How the Federal Reserve responds to that economic weakness could determine whether we repeat the inflation of 1970s. And the producer price index report also came out this week, and producer price inflation took a pause in November, with an unusually large number of categories showing no change from their October readings. The Federal Reserve took this, this welcome news when they met to chart an expected path for the year ahead. Producer prices were unchanged in November, with both goods and service components flat on the month as well. The year-ago comparison for producer prices, now up nine-tenths of one percent, has fallen considerably since 11.7% peak in March 22. Energy prices have been a major contributor to swings in inflation readings since Russia invaded Ukraine more than a year ago. And this month was no exception, with energy prices falling 1.2%, while the other typically volatile category, food prices, rose six-tenths of 1%. Stripping these out of these two components show core prices were an unchanged in November, bringing the 12-month change to 2% the first time at or below the mark since January of 21. With producer prices now at or below 2% inflation target for both headline and core readings, some will suggest the inflation fight is complete. However, the report on consumer prices shows the Fed still has work to do. Diving further into the details of the report shows that goods sector prices were flat as a surge in egg prices at 58.8% in November were offset by falling energy prices. Service prices were unchanged in November as higher prices for services less trade, transportation, and warehousing were offset by a drop in costs for transportation and warehousing. Further back in the pipeline, 
Processed goods were flat in November and are down 4.1% in the last year. Meanwhile, unprocessed goods fell 1.4% in November. They're down 13.1% in the last year. So sufficiently tight monetary policy is doing its job. Now it's on the Fed to see that the mission through to completion. And let's take a look at our November retail sales report, which also came out. And retail sales grew modestly in November, beating consensus expectations, with sales rising in eight of 13 major categories. The gains in November were led by restaurants and bars, which rose 1.6% for the month, or up 11.3% in the past year, followed by sales at non-store retailers, up 1%, and autos up a half a percent. The largest decline by far was at gas stations, which is not a big thing as prices pump have come down significantly. Core sales, which exclude volatile categories such as autos, building materials, and gas stations, crucial for estimating GDP, increased by six-tenths of one percent in November, but they were revised slightly lower for previous months. If this measure is unchanged in December, these sales will be up a robust 4.8% annual rate in the fourth quarter versus the third quarter. And retail sales are now at record highs, unadjusted for inflation, but in real inflation-adjusted terms, they have been stagnant. Retail, real retail sales peaked back in April of 22 have since declined by 2.1% from its peak. It's been 40 years since the U.S. had an inflation problem, so it's important to remember that it can distort data. Our view remains that the tightening in monetary policy since last year will eventually deliver a recession. Expect more deterioration in real retail sales in the next year as tighter credit conditions along with higher borrowing costs start to take toll. In other news, initial claims for jobless benefits declined 19,000 this week to 202,000. Meanwhile, the continuing claims rose 20,000 to 1.876 million. These figures suggest moderate growth in employment in December. Also, the import prices declined four-tenths of one percent in November. Export prices fell nine-tenths of one percent. In the past year, import prices are down 1.4%, while export prices are down 5.2%. That is a sign of tightening monetary policy versus a year ago. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up here on KCMI. We'll be right back. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI traffic alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. Mornings are busy. That's why the KGMI Morning News is your perfect ticket to the world. While you rush to get ready, hear the very latest local, state, and national news. Your KGMI AccuWeather forecast, sports with Mark Skolton, the latest money news, and all the information you need for a great start to your day. The KGMI Morning News, 6 to 9 a.m. each weekday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi, Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizzy, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. 
This holiday season, relax and celebrate in your new home at Meadow Greens Retirement Community, located in beautiful Linden. From the snow-covered panoramic views of the Cascade Mountains and the Canadian Rockies, there's no better backdrop to the holidays than Meadow Greens Active Retirement, all while enjoying the beautiful holiday decorations and you don't have to do any of the work. Meadow Greens Retirement is the only locally owned retirement facility in the county. They offer both one and two bedroom apartments with full kitchens with the freedom of eating in or enjoying a meal at the Outward Nine or the Duck Hook Bistro. Meadow Greens can be of help when it's time to transition from an independent apartment to assisted living. Hi, I'm Josh Howe, director here at Meadow Greens. I'd like to personally invite you to come to our community. I look forward to showing you all that we have to offer. Call Meadow Greens today to arrange a private tour at 354-8200 and online at meadowgreenslinden.com. The grass is always greener in Meadow Greens. Are you on Medicare or individual health insurance and wondering if you are on the right plan for you and your family? This is Marcia Neal with Guided Solutions, formerly Vibrant USA. We understand the TV advertising and the mail you have been receiving may create more questions than answers. Although the deadlines are coming, you may still have time to make a change. So call us at 866-733-5111. Our agents can review your plan options, answer your questions, and put your mind at ease. This week with PNW Perks, get authentic Indian cuisine or a fresh slice of pizza with Tandoori Bites and all-time pizza. Tandoori Bites is now in Bellingham and Linden. You'll be amazed at the unique menu of -of one-of-a-kind foods that take your taste buds on a journey overseas. Enjoy a bountiful menu featuring tender butter chicken and succulent baked tandoori meats, plus plenty of vegetarian and halal options. For a special dining experience, eat family-style, complete with authentic Indian-style seating. The new Tandoori Bites Linden location also features a sports bar with local craft beers, Indian beer, wine, and a full cocktail menu. Tandoori Bites Linden is also home to all-time pizza, 21 different flavorful pizzas to choose from with a tasty variety of fresh toppings. Dine in or take out. Thursday with PNW Perks, you can get a $50 gift certificate for just $25 to Tandoori Bites in Bellingham or all-time pizza and Tandoori Bites in Linden. PNW Perks certificates are good for both locations. Get your deal Thursday at 8 a.m. only at pnwperks.com. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Donahue with you this Sunday morning. As always, I want to thank you for being with us. Okay, got one more economic report to go this week, and that was the November Industrial Production and Capacity Utilization Report. And there wasn't much to get excited about this month's report on industrial production. The headline index rose a modest two-tenths of one percent in November, which was less than the consensus expected, remains down four-tenths of one percent from a year ago. So looking at the details, the largest source of strength in November was the manufacturing sector, which posted a gain of three-tenths of one percent. But that was driven entirely by the volatile auto sector, where activity jumped 7.1 percent as striking workers got back to work. Meanwhile, non-auto manufacturing, which we think is the core inversion of industrial production, declined a tenth of 1% in November and is down 1.1% from a year ago. The brightest news in the report was the production of high-tech equipment rose 1.7% in November. It's up 14.4% in the last year, and by far it's the strongest growth of any major category. Further, that growth has been accelerating recently, up at an even faster 20.6% annualized rate in the last six months. 
This likely reflects investment in AI as well as reshoring of semiconductor production, which remains temporarily strong due to the CHIPS Act, despite broader weakness in the industrial sector. The mining sector posted a three-tenths of 1% gain in November as the fastest pace of oil and gas extraction more than offset a decline in drilling of new wells and less extraction of other minerals. Meanwhile, the utility sector, which is volatile, largely dependent on weather, posted a decline of four-tenths of 1% in November. But in other news, the Empire State Index, which is a measure of New York factory sentiment, dropped down to minus 14.5% in December from minus 9.1% in November. We will be watching other regional surveys closely for hints about the path of the factory sector. Let's take a little bit deeper look at the Fed's report this week. The Fed basically declared that their mission was accomplished. They declared victory, projecting a soft landing of its base case in the years ahead with more cuts in short-term rates and with inflation gradually getting back to its 2% goal without a recession. Unfortunately, we think the Fed is declaring mission accomplished too early. The Fed didn't change short-term interest rates, nor did it alter the pace of quantitative tightening, but it made major changes in its projections for short-term interest rates. Not one policymaker on the Federal Open Market Committee thinks the short-term interest rates rate target will be higher a year from now than it is today, which is 5.375%. And while the median forecast for policymakers in September was one rate cut of 25 basis points in 2024, now the median projection is for 75 basis points. That would be three-quarters of 1%. In turn, the median policymaker projects another 100 basis points, that would be a 1% rate cut in 2025, and another 0.75% cuts in 2026. So the combination of those rate cuts, you're looking at better than a 2% rate cut or more in the next couple of years. True, inflation is trending down. The consumer price index is up 3.1% from a year ago versus a 7.1% in the year ending in November of 22. But much of the improvement is due to energy, which is down 5.4% in the last 12 months. The core CPI is still up a worrisome 4% from a year ago compared to 6% in November of 22. In other words, the Fed is likely to have more trouble getting broad measures of inflation like the CPI back down to its goal than it has bringing it down in the past year or so. Moreover, the Fed should be focused on not cutting rates too aggressively and prematurely, which could reignite the inflation problem like the Fed did on multiple occasions under Chairman Arthur Byrd's in the 1970s. The economy is still growing for now, but we think it falls into recession in 24, and the real GDP growth significantly lags the 1.4% predicted by the FOMC. Given that the Fed has now signaled 75 basis points in rate cuts, even in an environment of moderate growth, if we are right about economic growth, it will be very difficult for the Fed to resist generating higher inflation in 2025 and beyond. That is really not what we need to see. Let's talk a little bit here about five tips for beating inflation in daily life. And inflation threatens many Americans' financial security, but increasing your earnings, reevaluating your budget, and making a few alterations of your monthly spending can keep you ahead of higher prices. So inflation is that monster that poses the greatest threat to those whose earnings stagnate relative to the increase in their cost of living. It hardly seems fair, yet millions find themselves in this unfavorable scenario today, struggling to keep their head above a ceaseless rising tide. Mathematically speaking, those in this situation have two options. You either have to increase your income or you have to cut your expenditures. So let's take a look at these one by one. Let's grow your income. Depending on the individual, one option might be easier than the other. For those who prefer making more money to compensate for their loss of buying power, they have few avenues to choose from. Getting a second job might seem obvious. However, that is a temporary solution at best. So time is a finite resource. If you have to trade in more of it just to keep your standard of living, then your quality of life as a whole is going to diminish. 
side hustles and GIG economy. I've gotten lots of press recently, but they come at a cost that few people like to acknowledge. Your spare time is precious. While it's notable you want to use some of it to improve your finances, allocating it to your professional life means dedicating less to it in aspects of your life that are often just as important, if not more so. If you've decided that making money is the best avenue for you and your family, give serious consideration to simply shifting your current role in the workplace. Promotions might be hard to combine due to steep competition, but be on the lookout for those particular roles that nobody else wants. Taking on those types of jobs can lead not lead not only to a dramatic increase in salary, they can also prove to be key stakeholders both within the organization and outside if you're willing to take calculated risks that you may make you an invaluable asset. Furthermore, job hopping doesn't raise red flags like people thought it did in the past. On the contrary, it shows that you're nimble, you're eager to acquire new skill sets. In short, by investing in yourself, you're simultaneously just demonstrating to those around you that you have something worth investing in, which translates into higher and higher earnings as you go. If that sounds too ambitious for you at the moment, you'll probably want to take a different approach. In this economy, cost-cutting is quickly making a comeback as a true art form. Those who can master it are poised to make to take advantage of market fluctuations unique to the current climate. Number two, look for discounts. First of all, prices are not always what they seem. Just because stickers have gone up seemingly across the board doesn't mean that discounts have disappeared. In actuality, they've often practically hidden in plain sight. So assessing price points you've previously been accustomed to in paying previous years might simply involve applying a new discount code today. For example, a vitamin retailer may have increased their prices by 10%. But if you examine the associated marketing, you might also notice a subsequent increase in the value of its coupons. In other words, discounts are growing in the terms of relevance in many ways, and they afford savvy buyers the ability to pick up their favorite items at the same cost that they've been paying for years, but in some cases, even cheaper. Number three, build a budget. If you're thinking it's going to take more extra coupon clipping to stay afloat, you're right. In order to effectively trim expenditures, you're going to need to create a strict budget. To start with, you're going to have to write down the list of your monthly obligations, everything from your rent or your house payment and your electric bill to your car payment and groceries. Tallying up every non-negotiable figure will tell you the bare minimum that costs you simply to live in accordance with your needs. If you subtract this figure from your monthly income, you then have what we would call your discretionary income. That is where all of your power resides. It represents your entertainment, eating out, grabbing snacks or coffee on the go, taking trips, and everything else that you may be considered a want rather than a need. For most people, dining in restaurants takes the top spot for discretionary spending, but it's expensive. Depending on the restaurant, subtracting just one meal out can often put another $25 to $100 back in your savings account. Do that once a week, and you've saved an additional $100 to $400 a month. If you're already eating the vast majority of your meals at home, then you might benefit by re-examining your grocery bill as a whole. The cost of fresh produce alone can fluctuate as much as 50% or more depending on the store. In some cases, the price for apples might be as high as $3 a pound at one shop, whereas the same fruit might cost a dollar per pound at a neighboring store down the street. If you want to get serious about maximizing your grocery savings, you have to set a budget and stick to it, which may involve shopping in two or more stores to ensure that you're getting the most out of every dollar. And if the thought of shopping at multiple grocery stores gives you anxiety, then simply resolve to stick to buying items that fit within your practical budget. This might mean only buying a specific item when it's on sale, in which case you may need to stock up particularly for less perishable items like boxed and canned goods. Eventually, grocery shopping on a budget becomes less of a chore and more of a game. I'm going to come back and finish this segment in a minute. We'll be back shortly. Psst. Psst. Hey. Psst. Hey, you. No. No, it's not your phone. It's me, the radio. Turn me up. You need to hear this. 
Looking for new furniture or a new mattress? Box Drop is the spot. Box Drop always offers 30 to 80% off retail prices on brand new furniture and mattresses with easy financing available. Stop by in Sequoia Drive off Cordata Parkway or find Box Drop Bellingham on social media. Comfort and style awaits at Box Drop Bellingham. Delivery available. This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call the upside. The Art Bridges Foundation has awarded the Whatcom Museum an Access for All grant, aiming at making it easier for people across the country to experience art. Thanks to the grant, the Whatcom Museum will now be free the first Friday of every month, beginning January 5th, with special programming and extended hours until 9 p.m. The museum's monthly extended hours and free admission will coincide with First Fridays through the Downtown Bellingham Partnership. The Whatcom Museum spans two exhibition spaces, Old City Hall on Prospect Street and the Lightcatcher Building, and both buildings will be open to visitors free every First Friday. The Upside is brought to you by R.B. Wick and Bellingham Coin Shop. Stop by today for a free coin or antique evaluation. 1806 Cornwall, one block south of Bellingham High School or at bellinghamcoin.com. If you have good news to report, email it to us at the upside at cascaderadiogroup.com. Bringing the world to Whatcom County and Northwest Washington. The People's Republic of China. They're launching the first pieces of their own space station. The John Batchelor Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 10. They're going to use what they learn in, in constructing this station and having people live on it to plan their uh, manned interplanetary shift and to do it as quickly as possible. On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to World Wake Up. Dick Donahue with you this Sunday morning here on KGMI. As always, if you got questions for me, give me a call. 360-733-1200. Now, before that break, I was going through step-by-step step, some steps that you can take to help beat inflation. I started out with talking about growing your income and how a second job or changing jobs could help. Looking for discounts was number two. The number three item was for the importance of you building a budget. And we talked about some of the things you can do by taking your base budget, those things that you have to pay, your rent, your home payment, your food, those things that you have, and then figuring out what your discretionary amount really is on top of that. So number four is reevaluating your recurring payments. For those who are already minimized their total food spend, thankfully there are still other ways to find savings. There's been a dramatic reduction in cell phone costs over the last few months. So anyone paying more than $30 a month for a typical talk, text, and data plan should consider at least negotiating with their carrier, if not switching to a less costly service provider altogether. When it comes to car buying, prices have risen dramatically in recent years. But the same economic wisdom still holds true. Buying a gently used 10-year-old car is going to save you not only the initial sticker price of comparison to a new one, but also the annual registration of monthly insurance costs as well. So do some research up front to ensure that you don't mistakenly purchase a lemon. Look specifically for cars that have proven track record for reliability that are inexpensive to repair when the time comes. Now, find one that's inexpensive to repair. I'm not sure about that one. Let's also consider home ownership. Lastly, if you're thinking about becoming a homeowner, tread carefully. It's a great way to build wealth. It's one of the best hedges against inflation. However, it's also an easy way to get in over your head if you inadvertently take on more than you can afford. The goal shouldn't be to find your dream home. That goal should be to get a foothold in the market before the next dramatic rise in real estate prices. In other words, you don't have to run out to buy a new home tomorrow but it will likely benefit if you are homeownership if you're on your timeline within the next one or two years. Find out what you're comfortable paying on a mortgage, keeping in mind that you're also responsible for the taxes, insurance, repairs, and any other homeowner association dues. Purchasing a property that's slightly below market value will likely involve finding a seller who needs to sell immediately rather than a patient seller who's willing to wait months in order to get their ideal asking price. These deals are harder to come by, but they do exist. 
The key is to be ready for them when they appear. If you have financing already lined up and you're flexible in terms of your neighborhood, you'll have vastly increased your chances of nabbing home with some built-in equity. Keep in mind that if you aren't necessarily looking for your forever home, but rather an entry point into an exceedingly competitive real estate market, in finances and life, the rules are constantly in flux. Inflation all but ensures it. Fortunately, most fundamentals remain constant. Look for ways to both increase your income and save money. Neither is an impossible task. Trust that employers need you and that you're willing to pay you for what you're worth. Your job is to market yourself appropriately and identify opportunities as they arise, which they will inevitably. In terms of saving money, remember the difference between needs and wants. Also keep in mind that people need your business, which means that the price of goods isn't always what it seems. Be judicious and look to negotiate whenever it is possible. Well, you know, the SECURE Act kind of changed some of the rules, especially as far as our 401ks, and made important changes that could benefit retirement for investors, adding flexibility with your after-tax strategies. It also removed the lifetime required minimum distribution for Roth 401ks, treating them more like Roth IRAs. And clients looking to minimize their post-retirement RMDs may want to consider a Roth 401k conversion strategy. So the SECURE Act made an important changes that benefits retirement investors. One often overlooked change enhances the appeal of Roth 401ks. They are themselves a retirement planning vehicle that are often overlooked in favor of Roth IRAs. But historically, the primary advantage of a Roth IRA as opposed to a Roth 401k was the ability to allow the Roth IRA funds to continue growing tax-free even after you became subject to required minimum distributions. Now, the SECURE Act has removed the lifetime RMD requirements for Roth 401ks starting this in 2024. And you may want to take a closer look to determine whether a Roth 401k fits within your planning needs. So let's talk about some of the basics in the background. Roth 401ks are similar to Roth IRAs. They're funded with after-tax dollars and distributions are tax-free and when you take out during retirement. There are, however, some key differences. Roth 401ks have higher annual contribution limits. They're subject to the same limits that apply to traditional 401ks. You can put more money into a Roth, a Roth 401k just like you do your regular 401k. You can also, for those that are over age 50, You've got your catch-up provisions, and your combined employer-employee contributions can be up over $67,000. So both direct Roth contributions are limited, but you can sit down and take a look each year that they go up. It's important to consider that. They come also come with an income limit, of Roth IRAs do, so they're restricted on who can use them. But taxpayers who exceed certain annual thresholds cannot contribute directly, although they are permitted to use what conversion strategy we refer to as a backdoor Roth. Roth 401ks do not have that income limit, so even higher-earning taxpayers can contribute directly. Then there's that 10% penalty that will apply to Roth 401k withdrawals before age 59 and a half unless an exception applies. But after five years pass, investors can access the Roth 401k IRA contributions without penalty even before age 59 and a half. Well, Roth 401k contributions can be taken directly from the employee's paycheck, just like traditional 401ks. One key advantage is the ability for the employer to make matching contributions based on the employee's contribution to the Roth 401k. So let's talk a little bit more about some of these SECURE Act changes. The SECURE Act eliminated one important difference between Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. Before the legislation, investors who invested in Roth 401ks were subject to those requirement distributions. I talked about that a minute ago. Once they reach each the retired beginning date, currently age 73, they were required to take distributions even if they didn't need the money. But beginning next year, 24, two weeks, the SECURE Act has eliminated the RMD rules as they apply to Roth 401ks. So first-time RMDs that were due in 23 must still be taken by April 1st of next year. But like Roth IRA investors, Roth 401k investors can allow their Roth funds to continue to grow tax-free for as long as they like. 
Some other considerations, about including doing a Roth 401k and conversions. The SECURE Act change gave investors new flexibility about assessing their after-tax strategies. If you're looking to maximize your post-retirement RMDs, you may wish to consider a Roth 401k conversion strategy where traditional 401ks are converted to a Roth 401k within their plans. For those who wish to have a tax-free legacy, you may also be interested in increasing the value of your Roth 401k sooner rather than later. But as with Roth conversions, the plan participants should remember that they owe taxes on the amount in the year of conversion. The conversion strategies that we're talking about can be valuable to those with not, if you have non-retirement funds outside of their plan that you can pay the bill. So like 401ks or Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks are inherited tax-free because most ineligible designated beneficiaries will be required to empty their inherited 401k within 10 years of the original account owners. That can create significant liability for beneficiaries. Roth 401ks do not have to be emptied within the same time period. The beneficiary doesn't pay taxes on the funds because the account was originally funded with after-tax dollars. So in conclusion, Roth 401ks have now become a much more attractive planning vehicle for those that are looking to diversify their retirement accounts. Removal of the RMD rules for 24 and beyond should encourage retirement investors to take a closer look at this often overlooked planning option to see whether a Roth 401k fits within your retirement investing strategy. So now is the time for you to sit down and take a look at your employer plan that you have and see if the Roth 401k option is available because being able to put away that money on an after-tax basis and have it grow tax-free forever can be a more and more increasingly attractive option to you. This has been Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI. Don't forget our live show next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. I want to thank you for being with us today. Hope you're enjoying the season. Thanks, and have a good week. Oh, you can call me. It's 360-733-1200. Also, thanks again. on the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.